We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Big Twins game today, 110 against uh, last night's opponent, Texas. The Twins off to a nice 2-0 start in this series. Ends today, then the All-Star break. Joining us right now from the Minnesota Twins, President of Baseball Operations, Derek Falvey, Sid. Okay, you think... Uh, hey, guys, good to be on. You think <laughs> the team is uh, back to what they were when they were 11 and a half games ahead? Are they at that situation right now? You know, our guys are playing great baseball. I, I think we went through a tough stretch there with some guys who were down. We're, we're still a little bit dinged up. I feel like every day I'm uh, I'm giving a medical update of some kind. But I, I think our guys are playing good baseball the last few days, and uh, hopefully we finish the, the first half on a nice run here, winning this last series and, and capping it off today would be great. But I, I think our guys are out there playing good baseball. we just got to continue to get healthy and get our full lineup back, to, back together. What's the injury situation right now? Well, we have a few guys that are certainly banged up. Unfortunately, yesterday, Lamont Wade, uh, having come up, and we were hoping he could help us out a little bit while Rosie's down, uh, jammed his thumb into the wall and, and ended up with a dislocation. So he was placed on the injured list today and uh, ultimately recalled Jake Cave in that spot. You know, I think that we have, among our other guys that have been more regulars through the course of this year, we fully expect Eddie Rosario to be back just after the All-Star break. Uh, Jake Odorizzi as well. Uh, certainly those two guys going on the DL recently uh, and, and spending a little bit of downtime here. We're hopeful that and once we get everyone back in, in the fold, we're going to see much more of, uh, of the team that we uh, really saw at the beginning of the year. We just got to stay healthy. I think this break is well-timed, and I'm, I'm excited about uh, starting off the second half in Cleveland. Derek, Mike, Max, good to spend some time with you and your wife, Megan, the other day. I was thinking with two young kids, I'll bet you that uh, that, that phone goes off at some strange hours sometimes, uh, whether it's Thad saying what's on the waiver wire or what, and, and you're trying to balance all that. But the guy that I keep marveling at is, is Luis Arias and, and what he's done. Uh, when did you notice that this kid had that kind of potential, and, and what does that do to fortify a roster as you get to trade talk? Well, I think you know, Luis Arias is somebody we have always been really high on and, and optimistic about. You don't see many young players in the minor leagues control the strike zone as well as he has. If you look at his minor league numbers, he walked more than he struck out. He hit well over 300 just about every year in the minor leagues. He dealt with an injury at one point during his minor league career where he had an ACL uh, tear and, and missed a whole year of development, which really speaks to how advanced he is given he he didn't have the normal minor league track record. But I think he's a guy that we, we believe is a big part of our future and, and can continue to help us. We know he can go play second base. He's played some third. He's even gone out to left field and been incapable of. So I think that he's a guy we like in the middle of our lineup. We like to, to utilize. He's probably ahead of schedule relative to what we would have thought coming to the major leagues. Maybe not for him. I think he's, he certainly feels he's ready to go at the yeah. major league level, but good for him. He's had a great start. Derek, you went out on a short limb uh, offering Michael Pineda a two-year contract who was coming off Tommy John surgery. Last year was recovery year. That's looking like a good decision. Hey, Michael's a guy that we really like. You know, we did a lot of makeup and, and homework on him to understand a little bit more about who he was and, and what that next year would be. 
when we signed him, we knew he wasn't going to pitch for a whole year with us, but he was going to rehab. He's going to be around our facilities, and we felt we could help him. I think I said this at the beginning of the season. I think when Michael was, had some, some good starts and then mixed in some, some where he scuffled, the further away you are from the surgery and the more you're pitching, the more comfortable you get with your secondary pitches. And I think that what we're seeing with him is his command continues to improve. His breaking ball continues to improve. He can go get 96, 97 when he needs to right now in the tank. We're going to manage him throughout the year and, and be smart about when we give him rest as he's coming off of that surgery. But right now he's on a good run, and I think he's feeling really healthy. you got to happy with the crowds right now. But Dave St. Peter told me you want to plug. Is there some seats available today uh, for the final game with Texas? So the attendance is really picked up. The players feel it, Sid. You know, I will tell you, they, they love it when the energy is, is down there at the ballpark. You know, they've talked about it. They've mentioned playing these games, coming back home, needing maybe a little bit of boost of energy from uh, from, uh, from the outside sources, just given uh, maybe how, how difficult it is to play as many games as we've played and some extra inning games and otherwise. This was a nice boost with those crowds the last couple of nights, and I'm excited about a good crowd today to, to finish off our first half. Because not the same as it used to be where it was a GM meeting at the All-Star game. You guys are talking all the time. But given the fact that it's a break and the July 31st deadline, do you anticipate activity picks up this week? I, I do right after the break. I think that this is a time, as you said, you know, not so much the meetings uh, at the big events. And we're so connected over text and email and phone calls and otherwise that and we're staying engaged. I think you know, when you look at the, the leagues right now, and, and particularly in the National League, I think that you see a lot of teams within within shouting distance of even you know, whether it's their division or even the wild card. And uh, I think that what that ultimately means is a lot of those teams will wait and see how things play out even going into the later portion of the month. So uh, in the American League, maybe a few teams that have made more decisions around uh, selling at this point. But I, I would anticipate, much like we've seen over the last number of years, I think I looked it up the other day, something like north of 80% of trades get done in the last week or so uh, approaching the deadline. So that's just reality in our sport. I think we'll see how things pick up over the next couple of weeks. Derek, a story today about all the scouts watching your uh, Rochester team. Obviously, you've got some guys down there that will become uh, eligible for the Rule 5 next year. So it's interesting that your AAA team is, is playing so well, scoring a lot of runs, getting some decent pitching, and attracting the interest of a lot of scouts who are evaluating what a deal with the Twins might look like. Yeah, we feel good about really the depth of our system all the way down through. You know, we've added some young talent. We know we talk a lot about that even on this show, whether it's Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov, a guy like Joan Duran and others, those guys maybe at the lower levels. But then you have guys there at, at AAA that have really taken steps forward. You know, young uh, young hitter like Brent Rooker who's continued to improve and hit in the middle of the lineup. Lamont Wade was having a, a nice showing up there. Jake Cave's done well down there as well. So, you know, in addition to a number of other young players that are continuing to come back and, and play well. So I'm excited about the group. Uh, overall, I think, as we've always talked about, we need waves of talent approaching the major leagues. Luis Arias is a great example of a guy who we just plucked from that level to, to give us a boost here at the major league level. Hopefully we're continuing to fill uh, at each level as we go along. But we recognize that through trade cycles, sometimes it's painful. You have to trade away some players to get major league talent. So those will be the decisions that we work through over the next few weeks. Is there a lot of talk about trades right now? You know, there's some, certainly, and I think every team is checking in you know, one one to another. But I, I believe it's still at that stage of the season, especially with 
the advent of the second wild card and, and the interactions between um, teams right now looking at what their schedule is and maybe giving themselves a chance for another 10 games and see what happens and see where their team is. I think right now teams are assessing the market, but there's uh, very little in terms of that action, action, so to speak. You know, Derek, I was walking in the stadium the other day, and, and uh, Big Mike Panita and, and Williams Ostadio were walking in together, and it was it was the funniest picture because you know how Big Mike is, and you know how stocky Ostadio is, and you went to pick these two, they were laughing and carrying on. You went to said, "There's two major league players in a hundred years." You know, they, they just don't look like it. It's just the odd couple as they walk in, but they were having more fun. And Ostadio has that kind of personality now. He doesn't speak English well enough to, that you can do an interview with him per se, but I get the sense that he's got kind of a clubhouse life to him. What, what do you project for him when he gets healthy the rest of the season? What's his role? Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I think Astadio brings a lot of uh, a lot of energy to every day in the clubhouse. As you said, you know his English speaking skills aren't, aren't quite as advanced as some others, but he definitely communicates with everybody in that clubhouse. And uh, I think everyone loves to have him around. You know, a great example, he had the oblique injury. We knew he wasn't going to be active on this most recent road trip. And Rocco said, hey, we'd love to have him with us if he can continue to do his rehab while we were out, out west. And he did. So I, I think that that's something that you know, not every player does that. Some guys just stay back, get their work done. You know, he's a guy that just, he's infectious. And I think whether he's playing that day or not, and the role he was in for us, he kind of bounced around some. He was off the bench. He was more in that utility role. I still anticipate that's probably his role if we're fully healthy, just because we have what we feel is so much depth in everyday position players. But that's a real valuable asset to have, a guy that can bounce around and you know he's going to put the ball in play. You can go pinch hit for him late in the game. I, we're hopeful we just get him healthy over the next few weeks. We're going to be smart about it because oblique injuries can linger. So we'll see how that goes uh, really going into the end of the month. You fear Cleveland right now is a real threat? I felt that way from the get-go. You know, we've always talked about we have a very healthy respect for Cleveland and the team that they are. You know, they have been the division champs the last few seasons, and until you knock them off, you have that respect for them as the division champ. And I fully anticipated after a bit of a slow start for them that they'd get off to they'd get off and running at some point. I know, you know, Terry Francona and Chris Antonetti that group well enough to know that uh, they weren't they never they never backed down. So I would anticipate we will have a fun summer. I hope uh, hope we're battling and continuing to play the way we're playing because I think if we take care of our business, uh, we'll put our, ourselves in a good position come end, end of September. Derek Fowley, always a pleasure to have you in here. I want to mention again, Dave P. St. Peter's says there's. Tickets available for today's game. And for being on the show, we'll get you a certificate to the best steakhouse in the country. Murray, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Have a a great all-star break. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it, Derek. Thanks so much. All right, take a break. You're back with more sports. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Sid, David, Mike. We're going to make way for P.J. Fleck in about four or five minutes. Mike, uh, picking him up on a question that Sid asked of Rocco, it's fascinating to watch the way that they have moved away from the traditional closer role. And I think in the first half of the year, you got to say it's really worked. It has. And, you know, for a long time, I think people kind of looked at this and said, you know, I'm seeing the closer come in here, or the closer didn't come in, but why didn't you use him in the sixth inning? Because now you're behind by three runs. Team's out of reach. Yeah, and in essence, that's what you're doing. And if you think about it, when you start a right-handed pitcher, uh, and by the way, I walked next door to get a cup of coffee just now. Who did I bump into? Lance Lynn. Oh, sure. The guy that didn't quite Lance make it. Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's with the Texas Rangers now, but of course he was the big sign last year for the uh, 
uh, Twins, but but they they have turned this thing around. Like I said, between no batting practice, guys coming in late. Why do we need a closer if we if you got Taylor Rogers set up and you got three lefties coming up mm-hmm. in the seventh inning and they're left-handed lineup? Now it makes all the sense in the world. It's like how, why didn't we think of that? Uh, I got a caller here. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Jim on line one. Jim, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. See, I'm coming into the game at Target Field and. Uh, I know that there's some talk out there. I know uh, uh, Max there brought something out last Wednesday. But uh, are we shopping for their starter? Are we looking for a reliever? Yes and yes. Are we looking for a close down? Because Uh, if we don't find something, we got to, if we're going for the series, we got to get some help. Jim, appreciate your thoughts. We'll get Sid's uh, view on that. Uh, I'm, I'm with Mike that we're looking at everything out. Sid, uh, who do you think the Twins need more in the trade market, a, a starter or a relief pitcher? Need them both. Need a starting pitcher. Need relief pitchers. No doubt they're out there. I don't think they've made any efforts so far. I uh, mean, they need both. I mean. Uh, the starters, Gibson right now, is not a pitch very good at all. He came I mean, back pretty good. After I thought his, yeah, his last outing yeah. was pretty good. Pardon me? I thought his last outing was pretty good. I, I disagree that they made no effort. If you listen to Derek, he's done analysis. Almost all the trades are made in the week before the, the deadline. I think the Twins will get both a starter and a reliever. A reliever, I'd almost bet on it. Uh, you think they... What do you think they need? I absolutely well. I think that they're going to. I think they're talking to the Giants. I think they're looking at Bumgardner. I think they're they're right. looking at relievers, uh, Giles uh, in Toronto. I think there's several relief pitchers they've got their eye on. I'd be surprised if they didn't pick up both the starter and the reliever. Mike, purely a hypothetical, but it's out there. Would you trade Royce Lewis and another prospect for Max Scherzer? In a heartbeat. Yeah, Scherzer? You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I trade prospects because this is a chance they might never have again. Time we got approach it, right? Matter of timing. I agree with you 100. percent All right, we need to make way for PJ Fleck. We'll take a break here. Come back, talk to the Gopher coach right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. We are back. Time to talk Gopher football. Joining us right now, the Gopher football coach, Sid, say good morning to P.J. Fleck. Hey, P.J., you say contact with all these commitments, and how sure are you that not, a lot of those commitments won't uh, keep their word? Well, there's, there's no guarantee, right? It's a verbal commitment, uh, just like everywhere in the, in the country. Um, you know, there were, I think, 642 decommitments last year or two years ago alone, um, and that's kind of where we're, we're kind of averaging right now in, in, in college football. So you never know, uh, but I will say that we talk to our recruits every single day, um, somehow, some way, either through text messages or talking on the phone or FaceTiming or different things like that. So uh, just like we do everything we can to stay in contact with all of our players when we're away. So, um, you know, but we feel really good about the class so far. We're not done by any means, um, but we feel really good about the class, the type of young men we're bringing in, and uh, and it's a uh, it's a privilege to play at the University of Minnesota. Okay, talk about that kid from Notre Dame. You've talked about him and how outstanding he is. Give us some more information about him and where we figure in your plans. 
Well, his name is Micah Dutreadway. He's a transfer from Notre Dame. He's a defensive tackle for us. And, you know, we knew that we'd have to be able to bulk up our interior defensive line, and he's just a tremendous um, he's just a tremendous resource for us. He's a wonderful person. His parents are absolutely unbelievable people. Uh, they actually live in the Minneapolis Twin City area, and um, you know we're excited to have him aboard. He's big. He's strong. He's a wonderful young man. He's got a great soul. Um, he serves. He gives. Uh, he makes his life about other people, uh, and he loves to work. His work ethic is incredible, and that was one thing that we really liked about him. And when we started to find out. Uh, who he was, was his work ethic was really, really high. And that's what we want to be able to have here as we continue to bring in top student athletes. Will you recruit some junior college kids, more junior college kids for this uh, group? Well, I'll never say no, but right now we haven't. Um, you know, this is a, uh, basically a, uh, strictly a high school uh, student athlete um recruiting class. And I think that's the way we're going to continue to go. Remember, we talked all the time about this being a developmental program, you know, bring kids in as, as freshmen and have them leave in as men, um, you know, as seniors or redshirt seniors. So, uh, or come out early for the draft. So we are, we're really excited about where we are with the program uh, just in terms of the development stage from where we were when we got here to where we are now. And we are excited for the future. PJ, when you when you talk about recruiting, of course, assistant coaches do a lot of recruiting. We I was having this conversation with someone else earlier this week. You've got your staff, and and some of them, just like any business, are better tacticians, X and O guys. Some guys are better recruiters. How do you divvy it up? How do you know who you want to send to what region and what's expected of them? If if maybe their strength isn't recruiting or something else, or vice versa. Yeah, my great question. Uh, I think the big thing is. You know, you want to find coaches when you bring them in that are all well-rounded. One, they're incredible people, incredible husbands, incredible fathers. We want that. Then they've got to be incredible teachers. You know, they've got to be able to teach the game, X's and O's. And then the other is they've got to be able to form relationships and recruit. Um, and so when you look at all three of those aspects, you really got to be able to hone in on the best people. And uh, I feel like every one of our 10 coaches can do all three at a very high level. Um, and, you know, we our, our staff's having a lot of young kids. And, it's fun to watch them be fathers and husbands and things like that, but uh, they're great recruiters and uh, they're great developers of talent. And it's hard when you're going through it because there's some great coaches out there that you might not think are going to be able to recruit. For us, you got to be able to do it all. And I think every single one of them do a really good job. Uh, and then where do we put them? We put them in places where they have connections. You know, I mean, you look at where all of our coaches recruit. You know, Brian Callahan, our offensive line coach, recruit Chicago for us because he's from Chicago. He knows that area so well. He's been recruiting it for probably 15, 20 years. Uh, and he has so many ties and bonds into that area. So that's kind of how we pick it. Um, you know, Clay Patterson recruits Oklahoma and Texas. Why? Because he's from down in that area. And he knows a lot of people down there. So those are kind of how we do the regional recruiting. When we do the positional recruiting, it's just basically the position you coach. Uh, you also recruit that area as well. PJ, going back to the recruiting question a little bit earlier, it seems from watching the declarations and the signings that that transfer portal may have diminished a little bit the role of junior colleges in supplying talent. Hey, I think it definitely has. Um, you know, when you start, when you are, when you're able to have a transfer come in that can give you three years or four years or uh, that that's a lot more than the junior college transfers at times and you know when you when you take in a student athlete uh, it takes a while to develop them whether they're junior college whether they're high school and you bring a junior college player in if you only have two years with them you know it's one year kind of getting acclimated then another year is finally developed but they're out of the program you know and so I think it's really I don't know if it's dimin- diminishing uh, a lot but it is you could tell even from our standpoint 
I think there's a lot of times we probably take rather take a transfer uh, than even a junior college transfer uh, from the portal just because of, um, you know, the length of time they're going to be on your team. What can players do right now? Well, the players right now are lifting. They're in their summer program, their conditioning program. They're in summer school. They have internships. They're really busy. Uh, we've been giving them, you know, almost a week off per month uh, to be able to get everything right and uh, to be able to make sure when they come to training camp, they are ready to go. And uh, there's no burnout in this program. Is it automatic that they go to summer school and take summer school classes? Or are there some guys that are far enough ahead that, that they don't have to? Well, we pretty much require every one of our student athletes to be able to take summer school uh, at some type of level. Some take more classes than others. Some summer school is actually their actual internships if they're getting older and they're, they're getting ready to graduate. How about uh, redshirt freshmen? Will some of them help you this fall? Yeah, we feel like a lot of guys will be able to do that, you know, and, uh, you know, whether it's the Brevin Span Fords of the world or the Curtis Dunlap Juniors, there's a lot of guys out there that are, are very talented, especially even with our true freshmen that we continue to talk about, you know, DJ Gordon and Tyler Newbins and guys like that we feel it can help us as well. Uh, I, I really like, uh, you know, I really like our football team right now. I like the way they're working. I, I love the way that they've come together. Um, and we're, we're doing everything we can to push forward towards this team ran program, right? This team, this team ran team, um, the players ran team. And we're getting closer to that. PJ, how do you game plan for using those four games? I, I thought you guys did that so well last year. You got some guys coming back as redshirt freshmen, but they got that four game experience. Do you have someone on your staff who tracks that or is that a, done as a coaching team or how do you manage that? Well, it's done as a team, but Marcus Hendrickson, uh, Garrett Chernoff, uh, John Shakel, they're all in charge of our roster uh, management. And um, I'm very involved in all of it, obviously, with making all the decisions. But uh, those are the guys that really kind of keep it on track. And, you know, Marcus Hendrickson, you know, he used to be a former NFL scout. And he's been a huge asset to this program. And, you know, he's kind of, when you see him at practice, he kind of looks like the GM. He's got this mustache. He has his arms folded, and that's pretty much what he does. He observes practice. He's not a coach. Uh, he's there to kind of evaluate the talent every single day, evaluate our depth, basically see if we need to be able to continue to build in that area, uh, no matter what position it is. And he's thinking years ahead. So it's almost like the general manager type deal of an NFL team of kind of the job he has. So managing all that's everybody's job, but that really falls under his uh, category. It's amazing. Have only twelve freshmen on this squad. How much is that? Twelve freshmen, huh? Twelve seniors. Twelve, twelve seniors. Yeah. Well, the you know we're still a very young football team, and you know I think a lot of people use that as excuses just in general, right? I mean, I think I said that for the last two years that we're really young, but we are. Uh, we were the youngest team in America last year. That's not an excuse. That's just reality. Now I think we're the second youngest team in America. It's not an excuse. It's reality, and that's a positive. We're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be experienced as the years go in and out. I mean that's that's what you want to see in a program. You want to see a program that, you know, when they when basically they start over, you're gonna be young, but you can develop these this talent into something really special as you keep going through the years. So that's what we're working on doing. Are you getting any players out of the camps? Oh, of course. I mean, we had 16 commits in the month of June. Um, I think that was one of the biggest months we've ever had in our program history not just at the University of Minnesota, but me being a head coach and our staff being together. 16 commits in the month of June, I, I would consider that pretty much an epic June. PJ, there's a lot of good ticket plans right now. They cut the price of a lot of good tickets 
in a great schedule this year and a good football team. So buy your tickets right now. And PGA, always, Tim Murray loves your coming to Murray's and have a great say. Thank you a lot. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Row the boat, Scotty Ma. Go Gophers, and enjoy your summer. Thanks. All right, that's P.J. Fleck. I'm going to leave the phone numbers here again. We uh, had to cut short that last interview time. If you want to get involved in the show, this would be a good time to call us. The number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. I can tell you at the 40, uh, almost the 41-minute mark, USA and Netherlands and women's soccer still tied. 0-0. Back after this sports huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Finn's got a couple of All-Stars. One of them's named Jose Barrios, and he joins us right now. Jose, congratulations. First of all, I had a nice visit with you the other day about this because you've been there before, and you said uh, it's really special when you walk into a clubhouse and you look around the American League and see all the stars with you. What, what What's that like to be an All-Star? Oh, first of all, thank you guys for having me today. Uh, you know, I feel so, so proud and happy. Glad to be there again with a lot of officers in the same clubhouse. Thanks God for the, for the opportunity. And uh, last year we enjoyed a lot, but everything's going too fast for me. So hmm. this year is going to be an, a, another opportunity and I'm going to enjoy it again. How excited are you about being on the All Star game? Oh, I think he, I think he put the phone down there for a second. Jose, Jose uh, how are you feeling right now? You uh, uh, you had a blister at one point in time. You came back. Odorizzi did physically. You feel pretty good right now. Yeah, thank you. I feel great. I feel feel pretty awesome. You know, uh, although Polanca and me, we are so excited, so happy to to fly tonight to to Cleveland and spend the All Star break over there. And you know, we want to play baseball. The the thing we love, and we've been doing for like for a month, a lot of months so far. So, yeah, we, we, we feel so, so happy. Jose, do you have a lot of friends from uh, other teams around the league who will be your teammates in the All-Star game? Yeah, like uh, real friends. We got like, you know, couples, then something like that. But we, we meet every every player in this level. We like to, to chat with them, to you know, to introduce ourselves to them. And, during the All-Star break, we, you know, we spent time in the same clubhouse. And we had a time to, to meet each other and, you know, talk a little bit during during that day. How much has the pitching coach helped you? And how different do you see from other pitching coaches you've had? You've had a n- number of them. Yeah, uh, from when I come, come up into the big league, I use uh, three, three different pitching coaches. They all three a great person. They all three help me a lot, you know, in 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 a little thing every year. Right now we had a Wes Johnson. They 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 work really well with us. Not only with me, you know, with the, every every pitcher in this team. They create a, a really good chemistry, and you know, we have fun so far together. Jose, uh, you know, you can always look at a shutout or you know, a complete game as being a, a bellwether kind of a statistic. But last week you took the ball against the Chicago White Sox and you did not get a win. And, and statistically, it was not your best outing. But you saved a whole bunch of innings because you went into the eighth inning for a team that had just played a, an 18-inning game. 
What does that mean to you as kind of being the ace of the staff to, to take the ball and to take that responsibility? And even sometimes to, it might not show up in the stats, but to be the guy that's trying to move the needle and keep it intact, in it seems like you've become a leader that way. Yeah, like uh, people see it and, you know, the numbers. And I like I, I like to compete. I like to go out there and, you know, have fun, try to go long as possible in the, in the game. And that day, I had the opportunity to keep pitching, no matter what happened during the game. You know, they scored six, six runs. But I think we 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 still had the chance to, to to compete and hold the game right there. After we played 18 innings, and we used a lot of a lot of pitchers from the bullpen. So that told to me, I have the, the the ability and the opportunity to to be a great pitcher in this level. And I did it. You know, I. I pitched through to the eight inning and you know and saved the the bullpen for that for that night. Jose, you've pitched 117 innings before the All Star break. It used to be the 200 innings was a, a real milestone for a pitcher. It looks like you've got a solid chance to get 200 or more innings in this year. That would be some accomplishment. Yeah, that's one of, one of my of my goals for this year. Try to uh, throw a 200 innings. I know it's a it's a big goal. You know, it's a tough dude tough thing to do, but I prepare myself to do that, and I always gonna go there and, you know, pitch like six, seven innings every day and trying to make that go. Okay. Years ago, they used to let pitchers pitch nine innings. Now, if you pitch six or seven, you're lucky, even though you're pitching well. What do you think about that? Yeah, like, we... We wish every day go out there and pitch in an inning, but you know, it's baseball is a tough sport. We have a lot of talent out there, so you have to compete every 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 pitch, every inning. And right now, I, you know, prepare myself to to go out there and pitch quality game. You know, six, seven innings. You know, quality start, and you know, trying to hold the game and give the chance to my team win the game. Those Bears, a pleasure to have you on the show. And for being on the show, we'll get you a certificate to merge the best steak in the house for you. Justin will have it for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me this morning, and God bless you all. And good luck to the All-Star game. Thank you, guys. Take care. Okay. Jose Barrios will be back with more right after. In fact, your phone calls. Got two lines open. Why don't you give us a call during the break? 651-989-9226. We'll talk to you right after this. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, Mike. All right, phone lines are open. If you want to give us a call, the number, you should know it by now. This is also the text line number. If you want to text us at any time, use the same number, 651-989-9226. Let's go long distance to Taylor in Marshall. Taylor, thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hi, I just had a Tim Rose question. Sure. Um, with the NBA free agency uh, kind of finishing up, or uh, and it was crazy, the Wolves seem to be linked to D'Angelo Russell. Um, but it seems like for that to have happened, um, they would have had to trade the Wiggins contract, which seems kind of implausible to me. Just wondering if you guys had any insight. Does, did it feel like they were uh, close to being able to trade Wiggins, or is that kind of a pipe dream and uh, maybe difficult to do? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Well, we're going to have Glenn Taylor, Mike, uh, on at 11.05. We'll ask him that very question. Maybe you've got some insight. Well, I don't think they were close to getting D'Angelo Russell. I, I, I don't. I don't think that it was ever close. You can offer it up, but they, they've got to take it. So you can say, well, they're willing to give up. Well, 
Brooklyn's got to take it, and D'Angelo Russell in a sign-and-trade like that had to. Now, I'll give you a little insight into Wiggins. He's gone out to Los Angeles, and he's working out with uh, Russell Westbrook and his uh, uh, his trainer. So he's trying to change the uh, the ship in his direction a little bit more. And, and Westbrook is obviously one of the ultimate competitors uh, in the NBA, so maybe some of that will rub off on him because he knows that's where he's got to go. But uh, the Wolves, I mean, you, you can't <laughs> – I bet you there's not three people that can name the, the free agents that they signed this past week. Uh, two. Uh, yeah, maybe too. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at them, you know, but it doesn't mean they're not good. There's some great players in the NBA that you've never heard of. But, it's, you know, there's a theory, and I think there's a lot behind it, that says that the league works to get all of the stars in the, in the major cities. You look again and look at the, what Clippers have done, what the Lakers have done, hard, uh, what Brooklyn has done. Hard to dispute that if you're out in the, in the middle part of the country. It's, it's tough to be a fan. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, of course, yesterday going to the Clippers and uh, – well, the West gets uh, stronger. Sid Hartman, the uh, the Clippers and the Lakers could have quite a rivalry. Sid, we're, ta- we're talking about the the strength of the NBA stars going to the big media cities. It looks like Los Angeles is really loading up with the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah, the Clippers got that, uh, what's his name? Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah. I'm amazed that Toronto didn't get him again after they wouldn't pay him the money. They're not going to be the... The same team. The Clippers really improved themselves. The Lakers will have some, they'll sign a uh, good free agent. Well, they, and they're going to be, they're loaded up. They went out and got DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo. Rondo. You see how little they paid for Cousins? I know. It's, it's, it's nothing deal, but uh, I mean, in terms of the money, but Cousins and Davis, of course, were together and. Right. New Orleans, and so if Rondo is a serviceable point guard, you, you've got something kind of cool going on out there. No doubt that, about the it. The whole West Coast is going to be lined up with Just great loaded. From Portland on down, wow. it's going to be lined up with great players. Try to get one more call here. Uh, Glenn, uh, go ahead. Glenn from uh, North Dakota, go ahead. Okay. Glenn, uh, you on there? Line two? Glenn, can you hear me? You're on. Yes, thank you. I'm talking from, I'm from Buxton, Buxton, North Dakota. Hello. Yeah, you're on yeah, here. Go ahead. go ahead. You must. Uh, you might be listening to your radio. That will not work on a on a tape delay. Okay. How about it's off now? All right. All right go ahead. Off. You got go about quick. thirty seconds. Okay. Uh, Buxton, North Dakota, has a World Series final deciding game ever been won or lost by a pass ball, a hit batter, wild pitch, a balk, anything as goofy as that? I don't believe so. We are out of time. Yeah, we'll ponder that one. On that we'll one. ask it. He was there for all of them. All right, we're out of time. Another hour to go. Glenn Taylor leads off. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.